um, services over the summer time, we've um, embarked on this new series called The Hard Sayings of Jesus. And uh, week by week, we're taking a passage uh, where Jesus speaks and um, one of those passages that people kind of made, made them think, made them kind of, what's going on here? Brought them up short. And the passage I want to um, share from this morning is from Matthew 20 and reading from verse 1 to verse 16. I'm actually going to read the last verse of um, chapter 19 as well. I think that's on the reading as well. If you've got your Bibles with you, I um, encourage you to bring your Bibles to church. I know it's bulky and, you know, but it's, uh, even if it's on your phone or something like that, because sometimes when we re- go through a passage and, and I'm referring to parts in the Bible and it's not on the screen, it's sometimes easy to lose track of it. Whereas if you've got your Bible handy, it's, um, it's really good. I'm not telling anyone off. I'm just saying it's a good thing to do. We have the freedom to do it. Imagine living in a place where they say, you can't take your Bible. You can't even have a Bible. You might be involved and say, I'm not going to settle for that. I'm going to have a Bible. And we have the freedom. And we often don't have them. I am telling you off. Stop it, Philip. Exhorting, 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 not exhausting you. Thank you, Cheryl. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon, he did the very same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. And when evening came, which would be about six o'clock, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages. Beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, probably six in the morning. They expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour. And you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. 
And he answered one of them, Am I being unfair to you, friend? Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the ones who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Let's pray. We thank you that we have the Bible, and we can read it at any time. And we thank you that as we gather as your church, we can read it together and just take time to think about what it means And we ask for your help this morning by your spirit to understand this teaching of Jesus. And in his name we pray. Amen. How many of us, as we read that passage, wanted to say, it's not fair. That is not fair. Just me. (laughs) Have you ever said, it's not fair? Life's not fair. I agree with you. It's not fair. Life is not fair. We live in a world where it seems that at times the wicked prosper and And bad things happen to good people. It is not fair. We live in a world where a godly friend dies of cancer in his early 50s. It is not fair. And we all know what that feels like. Or a friend who has never smoked in their lives dies of lung cancer. Or another who never drank alcohol is killed by a drunk driver. And in so many things, large or small, that happen in our lives. You know, I I wish I had curly hair. It's not fair. Or whatever it is. I think we've all asked that question. Or uttered that statement. Have we ever asked, is God fair? It's an interesting question. Is God fair? Title I gave for the message this morning is, it's not fair. Or the outrageous grace of God, whichever you want to go out with you this morning. And many, when they have understood the teaching of Jesus and God's outrageous grace, some have said, that's not fair. That protest is articulated in this story that Jesus tells. It's a parable. Parable of the vineyard workers. And this parable of Jesus must have struck his hearers, the first hearers, 
as so true to life in many of its aspects. Life was hard for many of them. Many of them who were hearing would have identified with the laborers in this story, a familiar scene, especially at harvest time, where there'll be work to do. And and people would gather in the marketplace wanting to be hired for a day's work. And Jesus tells this story, and part of it is familiar, but part of it is unfamiliar because the landowner is unfamiliar because he's the one who goes and hires the workers. That's unusual. He would send a lackey to go and hire the workers. No, he goes and hires the workers. And he goes five times to hire workers. That's unusual. And most unusual of all is when he comes to pay the wages. You have to pay people before the sun goes down. It was illegal in Jewish law to pay after the sun goes down because you might get away with it in the darkness. So you had to settle the wages. And the protocol was you would pay the ones who were hired first, first. And work the way down to those who were hired last would get what they would get. So six in the morning, because they worked, especially at harvest time, dawn till dusk. The landowner goes to the marketplace. It's the job center of the first century. And he hires some. And notice when he hires the first ones, they agree They agree together that they will work for the day for a denarius. It was commonly a day's wages for a laborer, a denarius. They agree it. They have a contract. And then he goes back at nine in the morning. And if you read the older versions of the scriptures, it'll be the third hour, sixth hour, ninth hour, and the eleventh hour. Which is where we get our phrase from. I've even heard it this morning as we were praying. Someone said, God came through at the 11th hour. In the nick of time, I think. Anyway, he goes back at 9 o'clock. He hires more. And he says, you also go and work in my vineyard. Notice he doesn't make an agreement with them. He doesn't make a contract with them. He says to them, I'll pay you what's right. So they go off and work in the vineyard. Then he goes back at noon, hires some more. Same thing. At three, hires some more. It just says, and he said the same. And then finally, at the 11th hour, five o'clock in the afternoon, just an hour before closing time, He goes to the marketplace and he finds others who are still standing around. They've been there all day. What are you doing? And they said, no one's hired us. And he says, well, go and work in my vineyard. No contract. No, I'll pay you what's right. Just go and work in my vineyard. And they go, all right. And then, six o'clock comes. Time to pay the wages. And he calls the foreman. And he says to the foreman, I want you to pay the ones that were hired last first. And he goes, what? 
I mean, it's not recorded for us, but I'm sure he went, what? It's the wrong way around. There'll be trouble. No, no. Pay the ones who were hired last first and give them a denarius. What? Okay. And that's what creates the conflict in the story. There wouldn't have been grumbling. There wouldn't have been and it's not fair if he had paid the ones who he hired first. Because they would have come, they would have got their denarius, which is what they agreed. They had a contract for it. They would have gone away happy. They had their day's wages. They wouldn't have known what anyone else got. But no, Jesus in this story says, no, the landowner pays the last ones first and the last ones come up. Remember what their agreement was? They didn't have an agreement. He didn't even say, I'll pay you what's right. He just said, go and work in my vineyard. They come up after about an hour's work, probably not even an hour because they had to get ready. They had to go out into the vineyard. And they get a denarius. Imagine that. Woohoo! I'm coming at five o'clock tomorrow. He doesn't mention about the other groups. He just contrasts the ones who were hired last with the ones who were hired first. And the ones who were hired first see what's going on. They got a denarius. What are we going to get? Surely we're going to get more than a denarius. Otherwise it won't be fair. They go and they get a denarius. It's not fair. And the Bible says they began to grumble. Grumble. How would you have felt? They've worked 12 hours in the heat of the day. And they get a denarius. It's the same as those who work just for an hour. Not fair. You have made them equal to us, is their complaint. Now, this parable is not a model for labor disputes. It's not a model for labor management negotiations. It's not a good blueprint for good business principles in the modern business world. It's not about that. Jesus tells this parable after saying the last will be first and the first last. Remember? And he says the kingdom of heaven is like this. That's even more annoying, isn't it? The kingdom of heaven is like this. The context, as we've said in all of these hard sayings, is really important. Jesus is saying these are the dynamics of the kingdom. It's a parable about the outrageous grace of God for the undeserving. And how God's generosity and grace can disturb people. 
especially those who feel they have earned their place. This is what it's about. The context of the parable comes directly after Jesus' encounter with a rich young man. And in his encounter with this rich young man, the rich young man says, what, what can I do to have eternal life? What? And Jesus says, the commandments. He says, I kept all those. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus says, actually, I want you to go and sell what you have and give to the poor and follow me. And the rich young man leaves Jesus. He walks away from Jesus. Because it's too much. His wealth meant more to him than following Jesus. And it's in that context. When Jesus says it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven, and he uses that amazing illustration, that it's harder for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven than a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Remember that phrase of Jesus? And the disciples say, what about us? What, what hope is there for us? If that rich young man can't get in, who's kept the law and everything. And, and Jesus says, if anyone's left anything to follow me wholeheartedly, you'll receive your reward in eternal life. Many who are first will be last. Many who are last first. This is the crux of the parable is the contrast between the two groups, the ones hired first and the ones hired last. If I was to say when we read the passage, which group do you relate to most? The ones that worked really hard. Did the right thing. Or the ones that came in the 11th hour, the 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And got the same reward. The key thing about this is the first group had agreed a contract with the landowner. The other group had not anything. They were just relying on the goodness of the landowner. He just said, go and work in my vineyard. He didn't even say, I'll pay you what's right. He just said, go work for that hour. And they received an undeserved gift. Unexpected. It has echoes of another story Jesus told of the prodigal son and his older brother, one received amazing grace and mercy and the other got really annoyed because he'd done all the right things. Those hired last had no idea what they would be paid. They were just grateful. 
grateful that the landowner had taken them on. They were just happy to be in the vineyard. And Jesus answers the spokesman for the group that were hired first. Am I, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Jesus says in this parable, that's, and God is the landowner. I hope you've got that so far. I am not being unfair to you, friend. Now, friend, in this context, you need to know, is not such great news. Bear with me. I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? That was the contract we had. You were happy with that denarius. It was the going rate for the day. And you are envious because I am generous. You are envious because I am generous. And the word friend is interesting. It's used in Matthew's gospel three times in this frame of uh, the way it's used at Jesus. It's used in chapter 22, verse 12, when the man who is not dressed properly for a wedding feast, another story of Jesus, gate crashes the wedding. If you've not read that story, read it up. Jesus tells a story about a great wedding feast. And this man who's not got the proper clothes on, gate crashes the wedding. And Jesus says... In the parable, how did you get here without wedding clothes, friend? You didn't respond to the invitation. You have gate crashed. You do not belong here. And he throws him out. The other time it's used is in Matthew 26, verse 50, when Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you do what you have come for, friend? And here, in this passage, I am not being unfair to you, friend. He's saying, why are you so upset? Why are you complaining? Because of God's outrageous grace. All human merit... shrinks before the burning love and grace of God. Not one of us deserves his grace. Not one of us deserves his love. Not one of us deserves his sacrifice. We are all equally undeserving, all treated generously, all welcome in the kingdom of God because of his grace. When we say it's not fair, we say it's not the same. We didn't get the same. There is no hierarchy or ranking in the kingdom of heaven. Do you know there's no elite club that if you get enough bonus points, you qualify. You can have the best seats in the house. They're always at the front. No platinum card membership in the kingdom of heaven. No executive status. We have all been upgraded. All of us. 
We are all forgiven sinners saved by grace. There is no place for pride, no place for jealousy, no place for envy, no place for contempt. Who do you relate to in this passage? I hope we all relate to the ones who are paid at five o'clock, who got in in the 11th hour, because that's who we are. The undeserving. Or did we have a contract with God? We had a contract, God. When I agreed to follow you, you agreed to bless me and do all good things to me and nothing bad to me will happen or anything like that. Did you have a contract with God? What a miserable life if you live with a contract with God. There would have been Pharisees listening to this who had a contract with God. Jews. Who had kept the law. And who are getting cross with Jesus because outcasts and sinners were being e- welcomed on equal terms in the kingdom of heaven. Who might get upset at this story? The, the Pharisees would get upset. Or maybe some followers of Jesus who said, we've given up everything for you, Jesus. Yet you treat these latecomers just the same. It kind of challenges the righteous, dutiful worker in all of us. You know, we do all the work and those lazy ones, they don't do anything. Never said that. Never happens in church, does it? These others are just enjoying your grace. The undeserving. We are the 11th hour people. We are the ones who get paid at five o'clock. Because none of us deserve his grace. I've had the privilege of leading people to faith in Christ on their deathbeds. Their family didn't even know they believed in Jesus in the last moments of their lives. Would any of us say, that's not fair? We have followed Jesus all of our lives and we've worked hard and we've done that and we've done that and they just get in in the last moment. Listen to heaven. When one repents, have we forgotten the grace we receive? God's grace is not the sort of thing you can store up or bargain for. It's not the sort of thing that someone can have a lot of and someone else can have a little of. Have you got a little of God's grace? I've got loads of it. No, we've all got loads of it. It's unending. The words of an old hymn. Nothing in my hand I bring simply to the cross I cling. It's grace, isn't it? And our motivation for serving Jesus is his grace. Now, we all are different in the way that we see things. 
came across this story in one of the commentaries I read of three builders who were working on the same building project. And a passerby said, what are you building on? And the first one says, I'm laying bricks. Heard this one. The second one says, I'm building a wall. And the third one says, I'm building a cathedral. All of them were just laying bricks, but they saw it very differently. There's a story of a missionary returning to China by ship on board. He meets a corporate executive whose company is seeking to expand into China. The businessman was impressed with the missionary's knowledge of China, its language, its culture, its customs. And the businessman says, come work for me. I'll pay you five times what the church pays you. No thanks. Okay, ten times. No thanks. What, is the salary too small? The missionary says, no, salary's great. The job's too small. I work for you. In the parable, those who had agreed a contract to denarius. They were happy until they'd come and seen what the others got. And sometimes, like them, we can fall into the temptation of dividing people into the more deserving and the less deserving. It can happen anywhere, at any time. We want the pie sliced accordingly. One last story. Two brothers were eating lunch, prepared for them by their mother before she left to go on an errand. And their pudding was left out and it was two slices of apple pie. Mm. One slice was larger than the other. Dilemma. The younger brother reached out and took a slice of pie took the big one. The older brother was indignant, irritated, and rebuked his younger brother. Don't you know that when there's two slices of pie and you take it first, it's rude to take the big one first. You're supposed to take the smaller one. So the younger brother says, is that the one you'd have taken? Of course. He says, why are you complaining? That's what you've got. The ones who worked all day had greed a denarius and they were happy with it until they saw other people who had worked as hard as them getting the same and they were annoyed. Jesus says, you're envious because I am generous. You've lost something. And there is no salve to soothe, I came across this quote, there's no salve to soothe the wounded spirit of a righteous Pharisee. The story is about the outrageous love and grace of God. And it's a challenge to our hearts. If God was not gracious we would all be in trouble. There is a coin 
that's worth a twelfth of a denarius. It's called a pondion. But there is no such thing as a twelfth of God's love and grace. It's not fair. God is not fair. But he is good. And he is just. And he is loving to all he has made. All are welcome into his kingdom. And we are the 11th hour people. We are the five o'clock workers. That's who we are. Undeserved generosity of God has been lavished upon us. Let's pray together. I'm going to ask Sally and the band to come back. Lord Jesus, help us to understand your words. And forgive us when we're envious of others because you are generous. May we this morning with thankfulness receive your outrageous grace again. There is nothing that we can bring that would merit your forgiveness, your opening the whole of heaven for us. It's only by your grace. And so we come thankful, grateful. Give us soft hearts. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand and celebrate.